Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to an exciting week of Enjoy the Walk podcast. We are going to dive into everything surrounding the golf world this week. We've got PGA Tour golf to talk about. We've got LPGA Major to talk about. Uh, Lexi Thompson in the mix, but unfortunately falling short yet again um, and in more ways than one. So we'll talk about Lexi Thompson and the KPMG out at Congressional. Uh, We had a lot of major championship golf in the Northeast region this, this weekend. We had the uh, men's U S senior open out at Saucon Valley, uh, right in the backyard, Dante. I had a ton of buddies from like the Marywood Scranton Nipa area. Nipa. Um, Who the hell calls it Nipa? I do starting now. Um, okay. So yeah, we got, we got Saucon Valley to talk about Podrick Harrington taking that one home. Uh, big announcements from the PGA Tour, kind of clap backs from Liv, um, and everything in between. So, I mean, you know, let's dive in, man. Let's have ourselves a week. Uh, tons of golf news to talk about. Tons. It's just a whirlwind, and it seems like the news is just constantly focusing on two specific tours. That is just, I'm getting more and more confused as the days go on. Yeah, I think, you know, and I said it right before, uh, as we were kind of getting our outline together, I said it right before we hopped on here, um, type in golf news and you see no U S senior mentioned, you see no KPMG mentioned, you see no women's golf mentioned at all, honestly. And they just played a damn major. Well, it's um, two majors. You had the U S senior open and the KPMG. Yeah. Um, and, and what I see, even if you type in LPGA is LPGA legends comments on live. Right. Like um, it, it's just kind of crazy that we're we're seeing this domination on a media side of, of these stories. And um, we're happy to bring you guys, uh, you know, the other side of the industry and the world um, and, and jumping in, I think, right into our backyard. Uh, we'll start with the LPGA, you know, talking about the KPGMG KPMG championship uh, out at Congressional. Uh, which is a completely different golf course, if you guys aren't aware, um, than what Rory McIlroy won it um, back in 2011 already. Can you believe it's been that long ago since Rory McIlroy won his U.S. Open at Congressional? Um, nuts to see that golf course. And if you paid any attention throughout the week, it definitely was a completely different golf course. Um, Congressional went under a huge redesign uh, since Rory McIlroy won it in 2011 did it see now this is the thing you know i got into the game way later so all that time leading up to where i'm at today i am i'm clueless when it kind of comes to golf yeah so uh andrew green completely redesigned the blue course out at congressional now um they've got more than 18 holes at congressional but the iconic eight uh last hole kind of overlooking um the the massive mansion that is a clubhouse out there uh at congressional uh, that green stayed but it seemed like everything around it um just absolutely got a makeover um which i think when you look at the comments on it um it was um before the makeover kind of on the lower half of the u.s top 100 list um and now is being considered uh almost a dream destination course um, right outside of the nation's capital. So, um, you know, got a massive layover and basically, um, I would say, I think widened the fairways a little bit, made it more member friendly, which uh, when you're talking about a membership that pays probably close to a hundred thousand to become a member at congressional, I think, I think you'll want it to be a little member friendly. Yeah. If I'm paying all that money, (laughs) damn. Yeah, one of the one of the most expensive um, membership yes. bases out there. Um, now, what I th- what I think is crazy, right? Um, and when you talk about, you know, what well, what really did they do? Um, they took out uh, close to forty six acres of trees, so they clear cut more than half of the property, 
which I think is really cool when you start to look at it. Uh, just from an overall design perspective, um, if you guys are listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, um, we went live with this podcast on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. So um, check us out on YouTube for the uh, video version as I'm going to get to share the page here and share the screen a little bit and show you guys a little bit of this makeover. And Dante and I are going to kind of just go over um, you know, what it looked like to uh, you know, what the redesign looked like and, and see exactly uh, how you know, congressional kind of play different for the ladies uh, this week at the KPMG. Voila, there we are. <laughs> Little technical difficulties there. Uh, but Dante, picture I was looking at here, um, the number 11th hole. The left was where it was at the U.S. Open for 1964, 1997, and 2001. Look at that right photo. Look at the insanity of the change uh, in not only topography, uh, but just overall. Um, now, that's from the flipped view, right? That's, uh, I was going to say, isn't it reverse? Yeah. So this here is that up here, but you can see the difference in how many, just how much tree is, is gone from that photo, which I think is absolutely insane. Um, and as we scroll down here, uh, you can see this whole, um, what I understand is all this greenery on the left-hand side here was completely opened up trees, just absolutely demolished. Um, I mean, it, it's really cool to see. And, I mean, here you can look again at kind of the old shot versus new shot. A lot of trees gone um, that used to be there in the old uh, on the left side versus right. Um, I think they just uh, – they did what a lot of golf courses are doing. Uh, I think in the modern area, I guess you could call, era of, of golf course design. And, and they just knocked down a ton of trees. Yeah. I mean, I, I see it at my own course too. It just seems like – the climate's a lot different than before, so it's a lot warmer. And one way to kind of battle from the humidity that we have to face in the summertime and kind of like the rain that we get is they're cutting down trees. And you're seeing, like even at my own course, you're seeing a huge difference when it comes to the firmness of the course and even kind of the green speeds that you're seeing coming into the late middle of like the, the heart of summer. Sure. I mean, look at the 15th green Whoa. here. Look at what used to be there uh, back in 2011 and see the difference. I mean, for, just I'm from liking the new look, just from a spectator view, too, I can imagine like if I'm standing out here to the right, I probably couldn't see the clubhouse before. Or maybe I could see bits and pieces because it towered up on the hill. But now you just get this grand view uh, in a tournament perspective. I can only imagine how the stands looked out here. Um, this had to be one hell of a view. And as a player, to be able to kind of look out and see probably all the fans and everything that were up in this direction, up past the clubhouse, just flocking down. Um, I mean, that that's just such a grand view of of a golf course. I, I love that look. Yeah, I'm more fan of the newer look. And it, you kind of have to wonder, too, are they doing it more for like an economically when it comes to maintenance? Or are they doing it for, oh, we're going to be hosting a lot more tournaments here. You know, you know let's pack it with fans with the revenue. Because obviously you can see the the one picture is way more open to host more people than it being smothered by trees. Yeah, I mean, again, horrible podcast etiquette. But I'm showing another picture here, guys, of just the <laughs> overview, like a drone shot um, of this uh, congressional newly designed. I'd love to see one of the old course because I bet there's a bunch of these holes that you can see from the air that you probably couldn't see because of the tree coverage in the past. Um, I, I'm a big fan. I, I've seen it done in a lot of places that I'm pretty familiar with um, as far as just cutting down a ton of trees. And like I said, huge fan um, of just the overall kind of clear cut and opening up a golf course while keeping the integrity of the golf course, because it obviously still played very tough in a women's major championship setting. Sure did. So, yeah, I mean, as we get back into the golf and, and talking about um, the LPGA, uh, first two rounds saw uh, the leader uh, take an absolute 
charging lead. Uh, I want to say the leader was up by uh, maybe seven or eight. Justin Thomas, the whole sports world really um, was was just buzzing uh, about the leader getting up so quickly. Um, and I think, again, we saw the complexities of, of women's golf not truly getting the light of day. Um, we saw very horrible, almost you know pathetic uh, TV coverage all weekend long. Um, the travelers came on and basically made the women's KPGMG almost impossible to watch down the stretch on the Sunday too, um, just because of TV coverage and whatnot. Um, you know, I think if, if that's the one thing that you look at that's con- unfortunately consistent about LPGA golf in general, it doesn't get the TV time that it deserves. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to uh, push a women's major championship out of the way and then just put some one of the many tournaments on the PG? I think that's kind of a slap in the face. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, you would never, ever see the likes of a, of a U.S. Open or a British Open or, you know, I know the masters does their own thing. So that's in a different category, but you would never see even like a tour championship get booted off for anything else. And, and, you know, the women's PGA championship um, is basically finding a tough spot on air. I think it's, it's unfortunate because the crowd size was there. Um, If you looked at any coverage throughout the week, it was packed. Um, There were tons of folks that I know from even the Pennsylvania area, Maryland, Delaware, um, and obviously the D.C. area that were just flocking in to watch these women play and play great golf at that. These are world class talents. Um, And, you know, it was just unfortunate to hear the struggles of of these folks trying to watch this on on TV unfold. It was almost better off to be there in person. Yeah. I mean, it seems like that's where like the LPJ is going, like when it comes to their coverage, when it comes to on tv or streaming or anything it's if you want to go to the and watch their events it's like you said almost that you have to just get a ticket drive to wherever the destination is and go see it in person which honestly it's a shame because i mean our area how many times are they really in our area for us to just hop in a car drive maybe two two and a half hours max and show up for an lpg event that's i mean one or one i know on my my neck of the woods, which is the Shoprite LPG Classic down at Seaview, but other than that, that's the only one I really know. Yeah, no, I mean, and and our northeastern area, um, if it's not Marion, if it's not um, you know the Philly golf courses, it's tough to find uh, major championship golf, let alone you know. PGA tour golf in general, uh, it's tough to find those, those professional events, uh, so close to home. So, um, it was really cool to see obviously that going on down in DC at congressional, uh, and awesome to see the U S senior open up at Salkin Valley. I saw a ton of content from that just via Instagram and my friends who were there. Um, really, really, really cool to see Podrick Harrington take this one home. Yeah. When I turned around and kind of you know, I was away for the weekend, um, so really w- trying to catch as much as I possibly could. But, I mean, my weekend was just so action-packed that it, like, we didn't miss a beat. And come to turn around, I see Patrick Harrington was just, get out of here. Because I know that guy <laughs> has been doing a lot of videos on his, U- on his uh, whether YouTube or Instagram. He's been teaching everybody how to get speed, what type of clubs to hit. I mean, the guy's been just grinding, just more it's like he's been grinding without having like without grinding if that makes any sense because he's sure. been giving content to everybody for him get gaining speed you've seen him with george gankus before just absolutely just putting in work and for it to just come out for him to be on number one in the u.s senior open it's pretty remarkable to see no it really was and i mean you know what else was remarkable too to see a guy like steve stricker who's consistently been in the conversation when it comes to senior tour in general, um, shoot a final round 65 and, and almost, you know, really give Padraig some, some sweats down the stretch. If, if Padraig yeah. didn't make back-to-back pars on the last two holes, you know, he was in a, he was in a playoff with Steve Stricker. So it definitely wasn't a, a foregiven conclusion that Padraig is going to take this one home until the final putt fell, which I like, you know, coming down a major championship, you like to see a little bit of pressure put on the shoulders of the winner. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
the whole story all week was how far Podrick Harrington was hitting the ball um, and the speed that he has built. I know you mentioned the the work with George Gankus, um, but he's also just from the way if you've watched him on any social media, really built um, kind of a fascination with the almost I don't want to call him the senior Bryson, but he's doing overspeed drills where he's getting his body to move way faster than it's used to. To he's if you watch him on the tee, uh, taking really hard aggressive practice swings and getting his breathing almost like Bryson does um, to just, you know, a Kyle Berkshire almost as well. Um, so it's really neat to see him maybe taking some long drive aspects and bringing it into the senior world as well. Yeah, it truly is. I mean, seems like he really hasn't missed the beat when he kind of, he, as he's getting older, he's taking that approach, right? It's Let's stay. Let's continue to stay flexible. It's not necessarily the strength and the muscle mass that we need to pay on or pay attention to and stay on. It's more the fact that we're needing. All right, we may be losing mobility, so let's mm-hmm. take an extra, you know, one more strategy and do a little extra work when it comes to the mobility and really kind of generate and where all the force comes and really understanding the biomechanics of the swing and knowing where the ground force is and where you're really getting that speed. And that's something he's obviously doing. Yeah. And I think, you know, as you historically look back to, um, at Podrick Harrington and, and the way he plays golf and the way he approached the game, even after his second, uh, British open win, he talked about how he's just notoriously going to be a tinkerer, right? Like he just loves to tinker. He loves to experiment. And I think in this kind of, next comeback for Podrick Harrington. That's so evident. Like you can tell he just loves working on something within the golf game. And it's really cool to see him be able to add speed because of that kind of fascination, which is constantly trying to get better at something. Um, and I think when you look at, he made a comment, I think it's really neat. Um, Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, Lee Trevino, and now Podrick Harrington are the only two to win bet to win two open championships and a U.S. senior. He said it was really cool to have something in common with those greats that Tiger Woods was not a part of. Nice. <laughs> what a comment. Yeah, I mean, when you can accomplish anything in the world of golf uh, that doesn't include Tiger Woods but still includes some of the, the world's greats, uh, I think it's just really neat to, uh, to, to kind of make a, make a point of. And, and obviously, Patrick Harrington knows his history there. Probably poking Tiger they get when he gets of age to join the – during the senior tour because it you seems see, like everybody's prediction as as soon as he gets there, he's done. You see, and, and that's what I love. I think if the golf world knows how much of a competitor tiger is, um, if tiger, you know, gets, gets a little needled, maybe too much, maybe he will make an appearance on the senior tour just to, just to shut up all the, the critics of saying, well, I've done something that tiger woods hasn't done. I think that always fuels the fire a little bit for tiger woods. Oh, no doubt. So speaking of Tiger Woods, we're going to see him uh, in the coming weeks. We're going to see him hopefully in two weeks from now um, in the Scottish Open, uh, two weeks before uh, the – or one week before the Open Championship. And then he plans on playing at historic St. Andrews as well. So a lot to see from Tiger Woods coming up. Um, You know, a lot of speculation. Will he be healthy? If the weather turns bad, can he play? All four days, you know, we saw the the kind of grind mode he was in at the PGA and then ended up withdrawing uh, just because he was kind of so far out of it. Um, so does he play all four days? Does he even make it uh, to get there? I hope he does. Um, pictures surfaced of him and Charlie uh, kind of rehearsing golf swings alongside their uh, Tiger's daughter, Charlie's sister. Uh, soccer game. So Tiger's got the bug. He's definitely at least trying to practice. He looks healthy. So hopefully he can tee it up uh, out there overseas in the open championship. Um, so did we talk about the PGA tour or did we just let the rest of the media uh, beat this dead horse into, into oblivion? I don't know, man. It, it seems like that it's first. It was the distance issue. Then it was as, as if, is live going to be real that it actually is. And now it's like this back and forth of, Oh my God, Liv's going to take over. PJ tour has got their back against the wall. They're screwed. And then more, I mean, it's, you see more and more top 100 players leave mm-hmm. the PJ tour to go to live. So what is live doing? 
that the PGA Tour isn't. And it, you just kind of have to wonder. Like, it just seems like so – there's no really kind of, like, direct road on either tour's direction that you don't know what the hell is even going to happen. Yeah. No, and it's it's starting to, you know, even create some rumblings within past Ryder Cup captains. Uh, Bernhard Longer's weighed in on it. Jim Furyk's weighed in on it. Um, you know, it, you start looking at the domination from the Ryder Cup team uh, that was this past year at Whistling Straits. You're looking at a Bryson DeChambeau, now gone. A Brooks Kepka now gone. A, well... Matthew Wolf, yeah, Matthew Wolf was was on the team, wasn't he? Was he not? I don't remember. Maybe not. Wait, did he actually admit that he's going to live? It was just more speculation that he was going to make. No, he he was there. He was he was on the oh, was he? Uh, he he was on the official gone list um, as of today. So I mean, give it or take, you know, you're looking at a lot of players that all of a sudden aren't on that Ryder Cup uh, team anymore. Now, from the European side of things, it's not so detrimental yet. It was a lot of older Europeans. But, you know, from an American side and from the PGA side, the PGA uh, is who puts on the Ryder Cup, right, in partnership with um, the European Tour. So when you look at the juggernauts that made a big impact, Bryson was one of the most dynamic players of this past Ryder Cup. Um, You look at saying, all of a sudden, holy shit, um, you know, even the guys in the reserves like Kevin Na have gone to the to the live tour. You're looking at a Ryder Cup team that looks way different already two years from now. And we're not even I don't I don't think seeing the last of people jumping. No, it's going to continue. It's just a matter of who and it's a matter of when. I think you're 100% right. So, I mean, you know, talking of the guys that have most recently switched, we're looking at Pat Perez, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, Brooks Kepka, um, Matthew Wolf, and, and possibly even more. Um, I mean, it's absolutely wild. And when you talk about why they've switched, uh, you know, today as we're recording on, on Tuesday, um, there were some haymakers thrown from the guys that that did leave as far as really being frustrated with the PGA tour and not really the way they've handled it, but the way they've been handling themselves, I think for the better part of the last four to five years, um, you know, Bryson DeChambeau talks more about like um, it was personally my decision. And there was just too many pros that outweighed the cons to go uh, golf is a force for good. And I think as time goes on, people will see that. Um, and then you had <laughs> you had guys like, um, Patrick Reed really taking the gloves off and going bare knuckles saying, you know, if he had any advice for what the PGA tour could have done, it would have been listened to the players for once uh, making it seem like, you know, the PGA tour is just ignorant of all the players. And, and I think if you look at the initial comments that started this frenzy, that was the media, you know, debacle with Phil Mickelson, it was exactly that. It was maybe listen to your constituents that make up your tour. My now, I know we talked about this off off air in our speculation, mm-hmm. and we can kind of make assumptions as to why and what needs to be changed. But nothing's come out and has been said on what needs to be changed. What exactly is it that these players see on their side that we don't that needs to be changed when it comes to them and their you know direct relationship with the PGA tour. That's still kind of lingering in my mind. And I really want to know because. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I've seen from Pat Perez to Patrick Reed to the guys that jumped initially. Dustin Johnson said it. He's like, I'm here to play less golf, right? Pat Perez said the same thing. Pat Perez missed his, I think middle son's birthday because he was on the bubble of the FedEx cup. And if he didn't make the FedEx Cup, he could have been out a couple million dollars, which he ended up making. Um, These guys, at the end of the day, are in this for a job. And I look at it like just like a common man, right? If I'm 100% commission-based salesman, week to week, no guaranteed job, no guaranteed pay, and, and I get offered to me a salary that is double what I made working my butt off for commission the the last decade to do the same job half the time. No brainer, right? Yep. Like I've been I, saying don't that get me since wrong. day one. 
don't get me wrong. I understand the legacy of the PJ Tour and this, that, or the other. But at the end of the day, and most of these guys, Pat Perez, Patrick yep. Reed, Brooks Kepka, they've yep. got families to feed, right? Well, not even that. Not even that. Look at their age gaps. It's the it's the age from like 30 to like 49, right? You got yep. these guys that are theoretically on the tail end of their careers. Not necessarily, but you're comparing it to who's coming up on the PGA Tour, right? Look at all these rookies coming up and these these college kids working their way to get on the PGA Tour, hitting ball speeds 100, 190 to 200 miles per hour with these great, smooth, athletic, rhythmic swings that doesn't seem like they're breaking their back and they're getting it out there, right? You got guys like Kevin Ah and Pepper. I'm not saying they can't get it out there is what I'm saying is like how are they can compete against that if they're hitting 160 to 180 compared to 190 to 200 ball speed so with at the same time it's like they've been on the pga tour for so many years right think of all the tournaments that they play and like you said we're doing that they have this they're living this lavish lifestyle and now they're missing cuts after cut Mm -hmm. after cut guess what they're not getting paid but they're living this lifestyle where they still have to fork over their caddy, their athletic trainer, their they have a mental coach, all these coaches and putting coach, swing coach, you name it. They have to still pay them, but they're not bringing any income. No. To the point, it's like, well, shit. Like you said, if I can go play less events and get double the money, I'm looking at more home time. Well, you look at it this way, right? This this year alone is eight events with Liv guaranteeing 14 events in 2024. Pat Perez, to make a living, the living comfortable for him to make the playoffs and and guarantee his tour card for another year, played 38 weeks out of a 54-week schedule. And it's like a lot of these guys are saying, it gives us the time to not only have an off week, but be part of our family and recuperate if we do have an injury that won't cost us our career. Right? So like you look at the first event. You look at the first event, right, over in London. Now we've had two off weeks until this week coming up in Portland. So if you get hurt, you're not all of a sudden needing to jam in another tournament to 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 keep your a to keep your job because it, you know I feel like another stressful. And again, people can say, "Oh, it's the part of the competition, and that's the part of the PJ Tour. It brings out the best week to week." Another stressful part of the PJ Tour is if you're not in the top 25, top 50, you're busting ass and scared to lose your tour card on every swing. And that's stressful. And that brings yeah. out bad golf. Yep. I mean, am I saying that these guys played stellar golf all week long out in London? No. But I'm I'm seeing their points of view as, as more and more comments come out of why guys jump, why guys want to do this over the PGA Tour. Um and I think it's just it's a overall happier lifestyle, and and I I struggle with people really ripping into it because if they on their own personal work sites or work jobs whatever were given a base salary instead of commission this is what I keep going back to because I'm a I'm a sales at like heart this is why <laughs> I see it I, if I was given a base salary over commission double guaranteed of what I made last year or the last five or ten years. And I had to do half of the work. Absolutely, I'd be in. Yeah. And Patrick I mean, Reed made a good point too. He said he loved the shotgun start, which I think is hilarious. Of course, Patrick Reed out of everybody loves the shotgun start. <laughs> I, the, I like this on a viewer's aspect. I like the shotgun start. I still think. All right. The shotgun start is great for viewership when I was watching the first event because mm-hmm. they just – everybody's playing at the same time. You're not waiting for right. all these tee times to come in. Everybody takes their drive. Everybody takes their second shot, and everybody makes their chips and putts. And it literally goes from you know, one screen to the next, one clip to the other, and you're seeing yep. all these shots. Well, before, if you have a, a field of, say, 50 guys, and they're staggered between 10 – minute 15 minute interval tea times and you decide all right i'm gonna watch a couple hours of i only have time to watch maybe two hours of the event 
Well, you're only going to see that two hours of who's actually playing. This, you're allowing yourself to watch two hours and see everybody play. Right. And you're getting more shots, kind of, you're getting more bang for your buck, in my opinion. I mean, I, I think it's kind of corny and it seems kind of quirky a little bit with the shotgun start. If I were to play it, then I hate shotgun yeah. starts. But yeah. because imagine if you're coming down to the wire, right? And I'm I'm finishing on a par three and you're finishing on a par five. Like, and we're tied. I, I think that's a little weird. But on a viewership standpoint, I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of interesting when you put it like that, right? Like in, in every golf tournament that we've watched at a major championship level or just a PGA Tour level, we watched the same hole decide a tournament. Now, for the first time ever, we could see one guy have to go make par on a par three, and one guy maybe have the opportunity to finish on a par five and make birdie or even eagle, right? That guy at the par three is not making eagle. He's not – he statistically definitely not (laughs) making a one. But the guy on the par five's got a chance to make eagle and all of a sudden go from one back to one up. So, I mean, it it brings a lot of components into play that we don't get to see week to week, which I think is very interesting. And Um, I I think that's what makes everybody so excited about the whole Live Golf Tournament and and tour and all that is the fact that you're going to have different scenarios that you've never seen in the entire existence of the PGA Tour. For sure. It's just new. It's new. It's new. It's, 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 I mean, it's, it's vibrant it's live it's live however the hell right you know it's it's more colorful it's more up to date now i'm not saying like the pga tour whatever they're doing is wrong but people like change they sometimes they might get a little they're getting bored and we've been mm-hmm. saying this time and time again that watching P- the pga tour on a viewership standpoint on a media side it's just getting boring day in and day out like i said we 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 focus in on six tournaments every year out of the entire PGA Tour schedule. Yeah. That the waste management, the players, and the four majors. Yeah. And now we and got I mean, more stuff maybe, to watch. Maybe, maybe throw in, like, I don't even know what, the Amex just because we play out there in play the Fall Springs yeah. Championships. But, like, you're you're 100% right. Um, and, I, and I think something else is interesting, too. Um, you know, and we'll get into it. But the PGA Tour is all of a sudden now, because of this kind of competition, thinking about um, going away with the wraparound schedule and only having tournaments January to August and having a couple exhibition tor- style tournaments with large purses um, from that, you know, September to, I guess, January. But the big thing for me is, right, we're looking at the, the tour schedule from 2021 and Without the Ryder Cup, there's still one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. There's twelve events that the PGA Tour has. Well, eleven if you don't count Tiger's Exhibition Hero World Challenge. But still, you've got you know a lot of big tournaments that are kind of staples and have been staples in the schedule. You've got the Houston Open in Texas. You've got the RSM classic in Sea Island, Georgia, that has really offered a lot of big opportunities for guys that have gotten their card in the corn Ferry to kind of slow roll into events while not having the world's best at their same events. Um, What happens to these events now, right? Like, and the biggest thing you've got these massive sponsors, you've, you've got worldwide technology, in Mayakoba, is that because it's a, a world golf event still going to happen? You've got the RSM. Do, do you just tell that? Do you tell that big donor to just kick rocks? Like this could this could burn a lot of bridges for the PGA Tour having to shorten their schedule. I don't I don't necessarily agree with this being the answer to the competition that Liv's bringing. And it's kind of funny too because it almost seems a pretty much copied idea. Of what Lynn's doing. Control V? Yeah. Pretty much. Hey, let me (laughs) copy your homework, but I'm going to change, you know, a couple things on it. Um, I've seen that meme going around a lot, but you kind of got to wonder. It's like, all right, well, if the PJ is doing this and they're copying pretty much exactly what Liv's doing, clearly Liv's doing something good. 
in a sense that the PGA Tour is kind of overlooking because of certain aspects of what is coming about within. Well, hear me out. Hear me out here. Even if it's not quote unquote good, Liv's doing something that the players want. And at the end of the day, that's what makes your tour go round and round, right? Like you can have as much money in the world, but if you're not doing something that a player will not come over to play it, then it doesn't matter. So, I mean, yeah, I think the PGA Tour behind the scenes might be kind of saying, even though they're not going to say it out in public, we've got to do what the players want. And if it's this live format, we've got to kind of conform or fear of losing a lot more players. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, how many times do people actually go? (laughs) They're not going to see the whole field of players. They're not going to see the course. Right. They're going to see their favorite player because it's nearby. They're gonna. I'm gonna buy tickets. Oh, Tiger's playing. I'm going. Ricky Fowler's playing. I'm going to this tournament because they want to see that. So if you see all these top 100 players leave, you know hypothetically, and then and all your favorite players are in the top 20 and they're now playing and live and they're playing all over the world and you really can't go to see them. Are you going to go to the PGA Tour event that's 15 minutes down the road? Yeah. Well, I mean, not. no, exactly. And it's, it's just, yeah. it's, it's, I think what is very evident and I think it's what the media might be kind of not alluding to is how I think angry and brash Jay Monahan has been with every response since this stuff came out. And I think when you see so much anger and like ego come out, I think it's the sign of someone who knows they kind of got got a little bit and and they're kind of getting got a lot more often as more players and, jump. And I think that's kind of more what pisses me off. Not the fact that what Liv is doing and they're trying to basically destroy the PGA Tour because honestly, I think deep down, Greg Norman has a little smirk underneath and underneath them. It's like, yeah, this is working. But it's more the fact like I love the PGA Tour. I love what the PGA Tour holds and I love what they're doing. Like, I love that aspect of it. But again, I also like the aspect of what Liv's doing when it comes to when you kind of like break it down and not look at it at face value and see what it is. Yep. Like what it really is and what it's for. But I think it's more the fact what aggravates me is the way how Jay Monahan is handling everything. And it's like he's taking it so personally and he's basically saying, well, if you're not with me, then you're out. Rather yeah, and than. I think- if you look at the history of, look at it. If you look at the history of commissioners on the PGA Tour, I think if you look at something that might be the opportunity for a downfall is Jay Monahan looking at it from a very very close lens of Jay Monahan's tour instead of yep. the PGA Tour, right? And I think as as these comments continue to come out, it very much seems like Jay Monahan is taking a Jay Monahan approach instead of like what would the PGA Tour as a bigger conglomerate do um and it, it's interesting and i mean we'll, we'll get into kind of what he has brought to the table bringing the dp world tour here in in a minute uh, but guys we want to talk golfers clothing brand real quick uh, we had the ceo and founder of real golfers clothing company on our show incongruence with this episode uh coming out on youtube and spotify and itunes as well uh, but guys you can go to realgolfers.co for the awesome summer collection that Dante and I are wearing during this show right now. You can check that out on YouTube. Dante's got the, I believe, like the jungle collection. You've got some jungle cats and giraffes on there. Giraffes on it. Giraffes and and, uh, some trees. I love it. I love it. And I've got the Christmas in July, which is some flamingos wearing some Santa hats. If you can't get on board with that. Maybe we just can't be friends. I don't know. Uh, but guys, these shirts are super comfy and at a price point that you guys only afford. Uh, that's why we brought him on the show. We love the price point as we think some things in golf are kind of getting out of hand uh, price point wise. And uh, yeah, they're $45 for the summer collection and even cheaper uh, for the collection that are last year's the solids. So guys, go check them out. Realgolfers.co. So Dante, we talked about... Um, you know, alluded to some changes that Jay Monahan is implementing. Um, 
we alluded to the wraparound schedule maybe not being any more. Uh, we'll have to kind of wait and see how that pans out because I think as you look at the logistics of it, it doesn't look like they can really make that happen without canning a lot of events. But um, they are definitely guaranteeing 25 players from the Corn Ferry Tour as well as an additional 25 tour cards being granted to a three-tournament series that includes PGA Tour members and Corn Ferry Tour members that didn't retain their card from the past season. So right off the bat, I'm kind of chuckling at this one because they've kind of created an exhibition series that matters, but of players that really aren't that great, right? Like they didn't get their tour card. So maybe they were just on the edge. Maybe they weren't, but you know, of all of the people laughing at live golf for being kind of washed up players or players that aren't that good, all of a sudden the PGA tour is creating a three exhibition series of players that didn't get their card. So Am I interested in that? I don't know. Maybe it could be cool. Is it like a playoff? Like, are we in like, hey, you didn't get your car, but you were right on the edge. So is it just the edge guys or is it everybody? That's what I want to know. Yeah, <laughs> that would be uh, interesting to see. It's kind of almost, oh, hey, you couldn't figure out a way to keep your card all season. So we're going to give you one last try. We're going to yeah. give you, hey, you failed all your tests. You have a with an average with a D in the, in the class. And I'm going to give you some extra credit. If you do it <laughs> and you do it well, I'm going to give you your card back yes. or if I'm going to, I'm going to let you pass this class. So it's kind of, oh I love my it. God. I love it. Um, yeah. And I mean, on top of that, they are creating a 13 year Alliance is what they call it, which I think is just absolutely hilarious. It reminds me of like, I don't know, video games we have created an alliance with the dp world tour which used to be the european tour um in giving the top 10 european tour players a pga tour card now my question there is did the european tour just automatically concede and say hey we'll give you our top 10 players because that seems like a really bizarre move for the european tour to just say hey take our top 10 guys and go like that doesn't seem like great marketing to me. <laughs> Hold on. So the top ten players get their PGA Tour card if they're on the DP. The the, the tour, top ten right? players on the European Tour, which is the DP World Tour, are guaranteed well, a PGA Tour card. Can't you be, or is it? Can you be members of those both tours at the same time, or is that you can, or you can? Yep. As of yeah. announcement I mean, today is what it sounds right. like. Oh, as of announced. So before it really wasn't that, yep. that way. So you're telling me that you just basically say, hey, we're basically the old Euro tour, the DP tour now. And we're, you're basically going to succumb to yourself to the fact that you're now a developmental tour. And the PGA tour is now higher than you are. That's how that I correct. took it. That's how I took it too. And I, and I, I, I don't think in the grand scheme of things, well, here, here's, here's two ways to look at it. I see it both ways as I'm kind of like dissecting it, right? I see it in one way of people don't give a shit. The DP World Tour is still going to be a competitive tour in Europe, right? And oh, in absolutely. the other realm, people might really give a shit and say, well, why are we just giving up our top players to the PGA Tour when our European Tour is still just as competitive golf? And maybe like a lot of European tour players kind of refrain from traveling full time on the PGA tour. Like they kind of create their own schedule and play a lot of the European tour events because it's closer to home. So well, now that all of a is sudden, closer to the home, but it, it's closer to the home. And don't they like the tournaments better because the courses they play are, they, from what I remember, they said it's real golf, not the so-called PGA tour bomb and gouge type of golf. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely interesting. Um, you know, to see how it'll pan out. Are they going to force the top 10 to join? Do the top 10 have a choice? Um, you know, what, what if I'm like number seven and say, well, I kind of really enjoyed my time over here in the European tour. I'm not going to the PGA tour. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting. Like, yeah, I mean, it would have thrown yeah, a like lot of muddy like, water in there. Here, here's your PG, here's your tour card for the PGA. You know, you can play in it and say, say you're comfortable. You're making a, decent living on the 
DP tour over in Europe and you're actually, you're crushing it. And you're like, this is the tour I want to make my major tour, my home tour. And they're like, Hey, here's this PGA tour card. Can you refuse it? Or if you don't show up, like, yeah, like you said, no, it, I mean, it's, it's a very gray area, super gray area. And then, you know, it's kind of funny as if the, the leader of the PG, uh, DP world tour kind of already knew where this was going. He said, uh, please do not look on the European tour uh, as a feeder tour because of the schedule. <laughs> uh, this we feature national opens across the continental Europe and Middle East, uh, such as Abu Dhabi and Dubai. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of funny. He's already alluding to, please don't look at us like the feeder tour, even though it's really what that partnership just created. Pretty much. So it'll be interesting. Um, it, it seems like they're scheming as well. Uh, if I'm reading it correctly of Jay Monahan's attempt to give more cards to the Q school as well, uh, which basically points to them saying, we want to, um, give as many top college players the chance to avoid a long year on the corn Ferry tour or Q school. Basically, I, I think they're scared of a lot of these college high level college amateurs jumping right to live. Yeah. I mean, if I go to live and basically make guaranteed millions of dollars playing a few events, I'm, I'm pretty sure those guys are going to do it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's obvious to me that, you know, they're not only seeing it from a perspective of leave, losing top stars that are now they're in the realm of saying, ah, we might lose top stars that are up and coming as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see it crack down. I think the announcement of the Alliance today was just the tip of the iceberg of kind of final decisions. The PGA tour has got a ton to iron out here. Um, and it's only July. Um, I think, you know, they're obviously keeping the tour championship for this year, but if I had a little crystal ball that I'm like concocting, they're going to change that tour championship and FedEx right. might be out the door when it comes to the FedEx cup playoffs, because Rock. we've said this from day one of our podcast, no one watches the points list all year long for the FedEx cup, unless you're specifically writing articles for the PGA tour on the FedEx cup. Right. You're just not. No. Nah. I mean, and honestly, like the playoffs, no one really kind of pays attention to. And some people tune into the tour championship just because of their whole wacky format, which I can't stand. <laughs> but nope. to see how it plays out, like, all right, is this guy going to choke or is he going to just dominate? I think that kind of is the question every year when it comes to the tour championship. Who's starting out at minus 10? And are they going to lose all those strokes or are they just going to go 10, 15 over and uh, – not over <laughs> under and shoot yeah. a final of like 25 to 35 under. I No, for sure. Uh, it's wacky. It's wonky. I didn't like it since they started it. Uh, but you know, that's for, that's for another conversation. Um, but you know, obviously we got pumpkin Ridge coming up this week in Portland, Oregon. Um, I'm going to be excited to see this course kind of back on a big map. Um, as far as professional golf back on the course, we obviously saw it um, for a while in the U.S. amateur um, rotation when Tiger Woods won all the way back. I think one of his three U.S. AMs was at Pumpkin Ridge. Um, so it'll be interesting to see the course. I think, Dante, you're going to like it. I think it's a tight tree-lined track uh, with kind of old-style course. If I'm seeing a pattern from London to Pumpkin Ridge, it's live golf is going to some very tight, ball-striker-friendly courses. And you've got to be tight off the tee and you've got to be tight with your approach shots too. So uh, I'm excited to see Pumpkin Ridge. I'm excited to see round two of live. I'm interested to see how these new guys that jumped fit in to the new teams and who maybe gets the boot. Can they sub in, right? Like I'm interested to see how they, they navigate that space. Yeah. They make a new teams or is it that's the final how many teams they have? Well, and here's a, an interesting um, kind of plot twist for you. Sergio Garcia Fireballs team is getting a new logo and name coming into Portland. Um, he basically said he, um, I don't know if he had the obligation to change it, but there was some talk about um, the need to change Sergio Garcia's name. So maybe Fireballs wasn't the... Uh, wasn't the pick of Sergio Garcia. I don't know. Uh, but Sergio Garcia is getting a new name and logo going into this week at Pumpkin Ridge. So if you bought Fireball merch out in London, you've got some one-of-one one merch. 
Oh, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, that, that's yeah. kind of weird. I wonder how they're going to do that. It's I don't know. I keep forgetting they had that team aspect. I really do. Each time they, they talk about it, I completely am oblivious of the fact that they have a team aspect to it. Well, and you want to hear my honest opinion on why Matthew Wolf flopped from PGA to live? I think it was the team atmosphere. I think if you look at his excitement at Oklahoma State when he played golf there to the PGA Tour, I think he thrives in a team atmosphere. And that during his entire interview, he just basically alluded to the fact that he was excited to play for something more than himself. And I think, you know, hey, some guys tick different directions, and it's why some guys don't do well at golf because they don't like the kind of solo perspective of playing professional golf. I think maybe this revives Matthew Wolf's kind of energy into the game because he has had a little bit of a slump lately. Yeah, and he talks about kind of like the mental side of it for himself. He just wasn't fully there, and that could be it. Maybe he just needs, a, you know, four or five other guys kind of just rallying him up and say, hey, like, we got your back. Like, like go out and get it, do what you can, and, you know, we'll do what we can, and hopefully at the end of the day, we're, we're coming out on top. And like I said before, is when I watched, like, the first live event, it, and they were doing the scores, and they had their team logos next to the name, it looked like I was watching the Golf Channel and watching the NCAA <laughs> regional finals because that's how it was you see these leaderboards individually but at the same time you see what school they were from or what team they're on exactly um yeah so it'll be interesting to see if he gets a little revival out of it um you know and and as we kind of cap off pga tour and live talk uh we'll, we'll go back to the pga tour just for a second and talk about uh what they're doing to counter again um live's biggest i think draw which is the guaranteed money um which i think is hilarious a hilarious move by lit by pga tour uh and it's increasing purse money after all this talk about how it was shame you know shameful this shameful that for taking more money and don't only play about the money and then the pga tour makes an announcement and says over eight of their final events including the players championship uh they're going to add 54 million dollars to eight events like total. So they're going to spread $54 million over eight events, basically amounting in over 5 million to 8 million per event in each purse. So yeah, it says to me, it's like, well, all of a sudden you're doing exactly what you shame players for leaving the tour in the first place is adding tons of money and making it about the money. And and where's that invested money coming from? Because you also have the 40 million pip that you're just now pip pip fun. And maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe the guys that left lost their pit money. Maybe that was I, written in their contract. I don't know. I mean, at the longest time, we think they introduced this whole pip idea of $40 million. <laughs> and we said, why don't we just invest it back into the PGA tour and invest it into the players? And like, nah, if you got a great social media, we're just going to give you 40 mil. Sure. Easy peasy. <laughs> that was a fail. It's interesting, man. It's going to be, I tell you what, this, this, uh, this battle is far from over. If you're talking boxing matches, I think we're well before the bell has rung in the first round. Uh, I think these guys are just getting into what is going to be a massive battle. I think if you're looking at it from a, a standpoint of how long will it go, I think if, they, if the PGA Tour does not maybe reverse course or, or do something to maybe let these guys back in, I think there's legal battles involved. Uh, we've got all kinds of stuff to watch from PJ Tour and Live Golf. But guys, if you want to continue to listen to us, go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com. Hit the subscribe button at the bottom of the homepage and be in tune with all of our latest podcasts, merch drops, and obviously our bi-monthly email letters sent straight to your inbox. So guys, don't miss out on another podcast or YouTube release. Uh, We cover everything from in the golf world, not just live in PGA. We cover the entire golf space as well as bringing you interviews from in the entire golf injury from industry, from founders uh, to everybody in between caddies, PGA tour pros, Uh, and everyone that you want to hear from. So go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com or at enjoythewalkpod on Instagram and Twitter to follow along. Dante, what else we got this week, man? Uh, Anything anything exciting up on the docket for us personally in the golf world? I I, I think I'm about tapped out for right now. I've got a member guest coming up, but that's about it. 
No, I think I, I just, you know, just standard league, nine-hole league, and then just playing leisure rounds. Uh, I did get knocked out of the second round. I don't know if we talked about that. Of I think my, I might have been out of town stuff. when that we was, talked about that. We we were. So, I mean, I had I know we were texting back and forth. I mean, it was like, keep it short and simple. I mean, it was a pound-for-pound right. pound, pound. I mean, we were swinging haymaker after haymaker, and unfortunately, <laughs> I just got the last two holes. I just blew up and ended up losing one up but i mean it was a hell of a match i mean i won he won i won he won kind of just shot for shot punch for punch pound for pound sure. however you want to name it that's kind of i missed i was i was away visiting my brother so i can't you know that was last weekend that was my club championship weekend so i missed out on that i mean it is what it is i'll get it next year or i'll go for it next year <laughs> uh, no i mean to answer your question, no, not really. Just just playing some leisure golf while the uh, the sun's still sh- shining at eight forty five at night. I tell you what, man, we can get a round of golf in starting at six six thirty, and I mean all eighteen, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man. No, I've just got uh, I've got a member guest in two weeks, so I'm gearing up for that. Um, I got some stuff coming your way. Don't worry. All right, rock and roll. I can't wait, man. I'm I'm excited. Uh, I, I just I enjoy like laid back but competitive golf, and that's what member guests are. Member guests are great, especially when they're like the. Th- or is it a three day or is it a two day? She's a three day. Nice. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay, yes, usually sir. I see them being Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thursday's the uh, Thursday's the part of three competition, kind of laid back. You get your practice round in, and then the evening starts the part of three competition, uh, and then you go Friday, Saturday. So, a lot of fun, a lot of fun what's down the, in Ocean City. What's the, what's the format Friday, Saturday? Handicap better ball. How many rounds is it? Just around Friday, around Saturday. No, so it's three rounds of nine on Friday and two rounds of nine on Saturday with a shootout. Uh, you got to win your flight? Yep, got to win the flight. Nice. Do you know what flight get you're out in? Of flight. I don't. We usually find that out at the pairings party on Thursday night. So. Oh, my God. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, do they break it up at, like, Flights and I'm assuming they do it based off of like what tees you play too, right? Like if you're in the based championship, off of, based like off are of, you all the way back? Based off of my partner and I's combined yeah. handicap. Yep, yep. So it'll be interesting, man. Um, it'll be uh, it'll be fun. My partner's a high handicap, but if he can make like a couple pars, sometimes he gets two pops. So Ooh, we're talking that high. We could be deadly if he can just find out how to make like four pars a nine and I can take care of the rest. So it'll be fun. We've gotten very close. We lost on a tie of cards two years ago to get out of our flight. Um, You know, a little salty still. I hate that one. Go to a playoff. I think I don't care how long it takes. Playoff all day. Yeah, but they were like, we got to get to the, the shootout because the shootout does take forever because it's such yeah. a big member guest. There's usually about like 12 teams in the shootout, um, oh, which which is alternate shot, no handicap, or I'm sorry, alternate shot, 60% of your worst handicap for the shootout. So like it gets interesting. That's crazy because usually like full handicap. When the when you do the flights, it's flighted, and that's gross. Yeah. And then when you get to the shootout, that's where the handicap comes in play. Now, Ocean City plays handicap all weekend long, which is oh. fun. Which yeah. is fun. I mean, it, it's, it makes you're it, there it, for a it good makes time. it way more competitive. I'll give I'll give it that. I mean, besides, like, there's not a match. There's not a match that usually doesn't come down to like one hole or two holes. So okay, and every so year it's... I've played it. So it's okay. So they do it. They do it well to where it, it's pretty much it's not and runaway. They are they are, hand, they are handicapped police. They they definitely mm. uh, monitor. So no one's sandbagging your butt to like a six up win, you know? <laughs> yeah, because the ones I played in, besides my own home course up in when I did a couple at Glenmar, it was it was a three day. It was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it was two nine hole matches. Friday, Saturday, one on Sunday, and then the shootout from there. But your flight was based off of the combined handicap. Oh, and wow. it was it was gross play. 
Yeah, not us. Nope. So I'm excited. Should be fun. I hope the weather's good. I'm going to enjoy a July 4th weekend before I get out there. So I hope everyone does the same. But uh, oh, yeah. as always, guys, like we said, go to at Enjoy the Walk Pod to follow us along. Until next time, get out there, carry your clubs, and enjoy the walk. That's the stuff. One shot at